Hello everyone and welcome to the Artful Athlete podcast episode 69. Welcome, 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 welcome. How are we doing? Little check in, exhale out and inhale through the nose, slowly filling the belly first, then the chest and out through the nose, empty the chest, then the belly. And again, in through the nose, fill the belly, fill the chest, out through the nose, all the way down, and last round, in through the nose, fill the belly, fill the chest, and now out the mouth, sigh it out, let it go, and let's check in. How did these breaths feel? Any spots of tension you noticed on the inhale or the exhale? How do you feel now? It's a small thing to do, three breaths. So even when we're running around like a headless chicken, it's doable. No matter the time, it's something I personally use to assess what's going on inside and to reset, to gently encourage a shift from within. To be completely honest, I've also had to use it a lot over the past few weeks and each time it's helped me to go back to a neutral breath and a calmer state. And when three weren't enough, then I took another three and so on and etc. Slowing down, slowing down our breaths like this and using the nose for inhale and exhale helps soothe your CNS, your central nervous system. And ideally, we need this CNS to stay chill most of the time so it can serve our bodies and minds in moments of stress, high intensity, high pressure and pain. So say you were going for a surgery, for example, then this would be a great thing to practice before, during and after. Haha, <laughs> smooth transition. See what I'm doing there? Yeah, I, I know, I know it's not that smooth, but hey, this is all I've got for you today. Yeah, let's talk about it. Periodontal surgery fun. I do not look like a bulldog anymore. And even then, looking back on the pictures I took, it was very minimal in comparison to some of the horror stories I'd been told and read online as well. I was bracing myself for the bruising and for, you know, for the full chipmunk cheeks and pufferfish experience. Even though my oral surgeon, who I'd been working with had said, quote unquote, you're not going to be very hamstery. But still, even though he reassured me, I had trouble not imagining myself full on puffed out. If you head over to my Instagram, you'll be able to see the healing progression over the first eight days. And it's actually, it felt good to watch it back. When I was taking the pictures, I'll be honest, I felt like crap. I really did not feel great because it's a lot of tension that you have to release after a surgery and and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a little thing. It was quite big. So I did spend five days in bed doing nothing and that was great because I needed it. But let's rewind a little bit and let me take you back to Tuesday the 9th of November. I went straight from my rehearsals to meet my good friend Antigone who would be sharing my last non-mashed, non-liquid meal and who also had the task of bringing me home once the surgery was over. 
The surgery was carried out under local anaesthetic on that evening as the oral surgeon had seen that everything would be accessible. Thus, a full anaesthesia wasn't a necessity. If I'd really wanted one, I could have gone down that road. But I trusted the advice I was given. And thus, local anaesthesia it was. Now, if you suffer from periodontal illness or know someone who does, let me make this very clear. We're not all equal. Some people may need heavier surgeries or treatments. And it all depends on the state of your body, the way the illness has spread and how your jaw and teeth and bones are holding up. What I'm sharing here is my experience of it with the people I have found to accompany me on this quest to not have my jaw fully disintegrate over time. I wanted to share my experience also because I think I've mentioned it in previous episodes actually, but after I received my diagnostic, I did some research and... I found nothing online or in books that I had around uh, for people like me, for whom this illness hadn't been induced by drinking, smoking, or hard drugs, or, or bad oral health. Because as a voice practitioner, let me tell you, the oral regimen I've been following for years is a regimen. It's strict. It's pulling out all the stops because... Yeah, my, my mouth, my jaw, my teeth, my tongue, it's my instrument, so I look after it. So there was nothing for people like me, and all I had found was, yeah, quit smoking, quit drinking, don't do meth, stuff like that, which were not really helpful to me. In my particular case, I needed to have three teeth extracted, so the two wisdom teeth in the top jaw and the last molar on the left side of the bottom jaw. The wisdom teeth weren't bothering me at all, to be honest. It's just that with the effects of the laser treatment I'll be going through next year, there was a risk that they'd mess things up at one point. In order to avoid that, they had to go now. Now, the lower molar, so literally the last tooth at the back of my lower jaw on the left side, also had to go because the bone had already started self-destructing itself and trying to save it would have been a waste of time, money, and it would have been unnecessary stress and emotional pressure. As mentioned before, my periodontal illness is generalized, meaning it's all over both jaws. The damage around the mouth varies here and there. However, from that back molar that I've mentioned till the back of the lower jaw, a chunk of bone had already gone. Literally, on the x-ray, all you see is a black void. Just a black spot where bone should be. The fits of pain you get as bone self-destructs is something else, let me tell you. Because there's so much going on around the jaw with the nerves and muscles and stuff. All the sensations are heightened, uh, intensified. It's probably among the worst pains I've ever felt. And I've had my share of various pains along the years. While the surgeon was going to be in there removing the teeth, he would also have another task. That of adding new bone in there to help me little jaw adjust. Provide it with a new support. Add healthy molecules in there to assist my immune system. And reduce the inflammation. Also, if I ever wanted to put an implant in there post-treatment that gap would have needed to be filled anyway. Opting for regenerative bone treatment 
regenerative bone surgery meant that I'd only need the one surgery. Because of the healing process during the laser treatment, you can't put an implant there straight away. You need to wait for the whole treatment to be over. So say you finish your treatment and you'd like an implant, you need to have enough bone to actually carry the new tooth. Makes sense. And if you don't have enough, then it means you need a bone graft. For that, they have different options. One of them is they can scrape off some of your own bone or get something else in there. Now, if you're squeamish, warning, I'm describing a few more things in details throughout the rest of this episode. So there you go. I've warned you. With my regenerative bone surgery, I got given cow bone. I'm now part human, part cow, which is brilliant. Apparently, you can also get pig bone, equine bone, or, or cow bone, as I mentioned. And some surgeons I've read actually mix the three together if they need to. So that's probably in an extreme case. But ask someone who's like a dentist or a periodontist about this. When the bone arrives at your surgeon's practice, it kind of looks like a sugar cube. But it's fairly malleable, so you can easily kind of crush it. And then it gets mixed with your blood, which would have been taken from you pre-surgery. So, 9th of November, Wisdom Tooth 1, top right jaw, got popped out with ease within minutes. Wonderful, woohoo! Wisdom Tooth 2, top left jaw, proved trickier than anticipated because it was slanted underneath the gum with its roots going near its direct neighbour. And it just really didn't want to come out. Like, it just didn't want to. So that took some extra time. Bottom molar had understood it was time to go and allowed itself to be popped out very easily, but it left a nasty surprise behind, which was a lot of inflammatory tissue. The surgeon was incredible and took his time and removed all the sick tissue all the way to the bone and prepped the area for my future friend, Marguerite. For the literature nerds among us, yes, I named this piece of cow bone that now lives in me after the cow from the master and Marguerite. Because in my mind, it just made sense and it means I can talk to my jaw and call it by what I feel is its true name if I want to. There you go. So anyway, there I am in the chair, mouth open, biting into gauze to help with bleeding and coagulation stuff. And my lovely surgeon tells me he's prepping the bone. Can I see? I ask. You want to see? Sure. And there it was on a little metal dish, the mixture of blood and bone. Now, personally, I thought it looked kind of like shredded beetroot or paint pigments. And I was about to share my vision with him, but he calmly and simply said, there you go, I'm just mixing the bone with the blood into a little pâté. And I just felt that pâté, as a description, kind of worked, and I left it there. Once the mixture is ready, it's pretty straightforward. Everything gets packed up in there and then gets covered with a layer of membrane that has a lot of collagen from a cow. Still, blending your blood with the cow's bone and covering it with that collagen blanket before sewing the whole thing back together is a neat trick to healthily get your body's immune system to be like, oh, that stuff is ours. Let's look after it. And boom, healing process can start. The surgery itself was originally meant to be an hour and a half long, 
but with the little complications I mentioned, it lasted a little over two hours instead. On local anaesthetic, in the chair. I'd wanted to bring a little anti-stress thing to squeeze, but I couldn't find mine. It's somewhere between the entrance and the exit of my flat, and I just couldn't find it. So I resorted to bringing with me a little sheep. A friend of mine had crocheted and given to me back in 2019. And it's a good sheep because it has a strong, squeezable body. I was asked to choose the music and I had opted for the This Is Ludovico Einaudi playlist on Spotify because I personally couldn't have songs with lyrics during this because honestly, I would have wanted to sing along and I would have had to fight that urge. And that would have been tricky also with, you know, the fact that someone had their hands inside their mouth. I mean, I'm saying that, but I still kind of hummed along throughout the surgery, to be honest. Um, I feel very lucky. Despite all the pressure and tension that I've had to release during this healing process and the stress leading up to the surgery, I felt very lucky because it kind of felt like the three of us were working together. Yes, of course, I wasn't the one performing the surgery, obviously, but I had a job and that was to find my pace, find my breath and work with what was coming at me. On the breath front, I focused on a slow nasal breath for two hours straight. That's kind of also why I'd chosen this Ainaudi playlist, because it had a very soothing rhythm. I got a bit nervous and emotional right at the start, and I was sorting myself out peacefully, inhaling, exhaling, and obviously, obviously, this is when the surgeon came back into the room, and he saw what was going on, and he just gently asked, I see tears, can I ask what's going on? Oh, don't worry about me, I'm just a little nervous. Is there anything I can do, anything we can do to ease that? It's just that it's a big change, you know? And I know good things can come from change, so I'm just trying to focus on that, really. That's a good way to look at it. Besides, you are in charge, and if at any point you need a break or you need me to stop, just raise your hand and we'll stop. Thank you. And you've got sheep to squeeze. <laughs> yes, I do. Anything else I can do before we start? Can the volume of the music be a bit louder so I can focus on the songs? And there we went. Because I was solely focusing on my breath and the music, I just adjusted to what was going on. Also, I have to say, both the nurse and the surgeon were very vocal and guiding, constantly telling me, okay, this is happening now, you might feel this, you might feel that, and I communicated back in the best way that I could. And once I'd gotten my, my breath rhythm, I could also follow the one of the surgery with more ease. At times it also felt that the nurse, the surgeon and I were kind of synchronising their procedure and movement and cuts and flow with my breath and head tilts whenever they needed me to. I was originally apprehensive, and who wouldn't be? It's not an easy thing to get ready for, let me tell you. But I'm so glad I had such a caring team with me that day. From the people I was working with throughout the day, to my friend Adigoni, who accompanied me, 
to the surgeon and the nurse who performed the procedure and the nurse who's been checking on me ever since. When there's kindness and real care, everything flows because we're actually listening and relying on each other. I'm just a little over two weeks post-surgery and so far the physical healing seems to be going in the right direction. So this was a first step and it was a big first step. So now let's heal and we'll move on to step two with the treatment in due time. If you're interested in what you can do to support yourself during recovery of periodontal treatment and regenerative bone surgery, I'll share with you all the stuff I've been doing next week. Meanwhile, I'm still open for business, so head over to Instagram at segovsch or at theartfulathlete to ask all your questions. I'm also taking bookings at the moment for relaxation, breathwork and stress relief energy treatment or voice work. So if you're interested, get in touch and we can have a little chat to see what you would benefit from the most. Much love to you all and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.